this week, the boys have watched two stinky films. One, a good stink, the other, not so good. The things in question are Don Brady and Shakes the Crown. Take it away, Pokemon! Thank you, scary clown man. Eric, uh, what's the update on on him living in your in your guest room? Actually, Is he uh, a good I actually good house we guest. To, we had to move him to the shed. Um. Okay. Shed the clown. Shed the clown. Uh, he was just honestly, he was just not keeping clean. He wasn't showering. He was actually being really stinky. Okay, that um, makes sense. That that seems in line with the character. Um, did he does he snore? Because if he snores in that voice, I imagine it's terrifying. He only sleeps during the day. He usually walks around at night. He's kind of like the his his night terror. He has night terror. He, he is a like, night. He is a night terror. He is a night terror. He lives in the dark. He actually like he likes to watch people sleep just to protect them from demons. He says. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, but he also oh, likes to walk nice around the clown. neighborhood and stand still for ominous times and then run. Mm. He's kind of a creature of the night. Oh, we have that in common, he and I. Uh, well, as he said, welcome to the show. Uh, you're you're slap dab in the middle of March Madness, baby. Uh, a a theme that I've uh, <laughs> come to the conclusion is pretty loose. As long as someone's uh, going a little crazy or doing drugs, I guess it's March Madness. Yeah, they everyone's going a little bit mad. Uh, yeah, I guess it's it's movies that are pretty fast and loose with the idea of being a crazy person. You know, um, and also, you know, crazy is not something to make fun of nowadays because of, you know, no, mental no. health and stuff. This is just movies sure. based on that. No way. Of this portions. is more like cartoon kooky, like yeah. kind of like movies about living cartoons. Yeah. We're not watching uh, to fly over the cuckoo nest or something like that. You know, we're, we're watching no, the bad we're not going to watch that. I, I went through either. the wheel and I was like, are any of these about any like legitimate like mental conditions or are these all just people who are cuckoo bananas? Uh, and I filtered it out. So it's all the cuckoo bananas. You know, I love a good banana. S- speaking of bananas, uh, we had quite a split this week. Uh, you got the the uh, interesting passion project of uh, Don Peyote. Of Dan the Man Fogler. Dan I, Fogler. What's your what's your history with Dan? Uh watched everybody's seen it, uh Balls of Fury, the ping pong movie. Um, I thought you I thought you were saying the title of a movie Everybody's Seen It, which is a good <laughs> movie title. Uh he Yeah, I, I like Dan Fogler, you know, I don't have anything against him, you know. Uh, I like Dan Fogler a lot, and I don't know why. I mean, he was like. Did you ever see um, "Take Me Home Tonight"? The Eddie Money venture. I did, I did, but that was I was already I was already deep into my Fogler, uh, my Fogler funk at that point. So like, yeah. I was in on Fogler. Yeah, that movie I think to me was the beginning of the end. That was peak Fogler. Really? You think that was the peak? That was the peak as far as it as far as the uh, 
early 2010s. And then Fantastic Beasts, you know, say what you will about those films. He is in them. He is in them, and he he is, I will say, the most enjoyable part of them for me. I praise coming from a man like yourself. Uh, well, you know, I'm a big Fogel fan, so... So this movie, it, it, this movie is strange. It's one of the weirder, like, passion projects there has to be out there. This was his blank check, quote-unquote. <laughs> Um, not really. That, he definitely was, did he not. Get, he, it's check, the but. opposite of a blank check. He did not <laughs> get a blank check. It was check. checked. It was checked. He had to raise all the, it's clear he had to raise all yeah, the money. It, and also, it, it, it seems, I can't find any really, uh, big information on it, but it, he, it did seem like this was done in, like, a span of years, multiple years. Yeah. Like, a lot of this years This is like a passion thing a, he did in his off time. Yeah, between films. And uh, one of the things that I found really interesting, because this movie is filled with cameos. Uh, oh, well, there's a couple. I would say it's it has a lot of cameos, I would say. Topher Grace has a cameo. Um, what's her name? Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway has a cameo. Uh, Jay Baronshaw has a cameo. Josh mm. Dumal has a kind of a cameo. Josh Dumas uh, had an extended part in this movie. Yeah, I would say he gets the featuring. He is in several scenes. Wallace Shawn. The great Wallace, Wallace Michael Shawn. Wallace Shawn has a cameo. So the way he was able to he get these people to come work on this movie is that he would give them a writing credit. Really? Yeah. And oh, that's interesting. Allowing them to co-write with so their characters they kinda, and So they kind of would work their scene. Yes, they would improvise the shots. And it was shot between 2010 and 2013. Okay. Which makes a so lot that's of sense. What, what, was his, what was his big 2010 movie? Was I know that, 2011 uh, was... Fanboys? No, 2011 was Take Me Home Tonight. Okay. Um, and then... Let me see. Let me pull up his uh, Wikipedia. Do you think he shot in order? Because there's definitely... There's like... There's um a distinctive kind of fluctuation of camera quality throughout the movie i would say it he definitely started the be, the beginning of the movie of like i would say where the plot starts to take fold was definitely when like because the movie is shot on like like flip cameras it seems or like yeah like yeah really it was bad like one of those things you, you get from a film festival for participating in yeah like a lot of that was was in that uh but he was in Take me home in 2000. He didn't do a movie in 2010, but in 2009 he had Love. Love happens in 2011. When did Mars? When when did Mars Need Moms come out? Came out 2011. Okay. Okay. Take me so, home tonight. Mars needs moms. Uh, I think there's, there's definitely a part where the where the Mars Need Moms money <gasps> kicked in. Scenic route. This scenic route had a Josh Dumal joint. Oh, is it? Yes, that's how he met Josh Dumal. He did a movie called Scenic Route with Josh Dumal. Okay, so yeah, the, he used this is this is uh, an interesting example of someone like using the connections they're making, and uh, it's uh, it, I think the movie more than anything feels like something that is developing. It feels a lot like they're building the plane as they're flying it. I'm looking at at his at his film career. He's been in a movie like every year. That's good. Yeah. He's been in a movie like every year except 2010. Well, he's prepping. Yeah, of course. 
he was nominated for something as a best supporting f- actor in the fan in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and what a Saturn Award. Oh, Saturn! I was about to say an Oscar. Oh, Saturn makes sense. That's a it's a sci-fi fantasy award. He was, dude. Do you want to hear the? So, he was nominated for an for an award for for Dom Peyote. Oh, really? Well, like a film a festival do, award, a Domain Vision Award for breakthrough performance, and uh, awarded for best writing nominations. He didn't win any of these. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Do you wanna, let's let's try and get a handle on what this movie, uh, what the result of this kind of work came to. Yeah. Uh, so Don Peyote is about Dan Fogler's character. He is he's a writer, and he's yeah. he's about to get married, and he it looks like he's having he's like a an, comic book writer, right? Yeah, and he's he looks like he's a is in an existential crisis because he's getting married. He's having strange dreams, mainly about the end of the world in 2012. So that actually tell you what type of movie this is. Um, and honestly, looking back, it I am I am going to be scraping the bottom of the barrel to find to find any Saving Silverman's here. Really? Yeah. Because I just don't really remember most of this movie. It was like all such a blur. Well, it would it would kind of do these turns every every ten to fifteen minutes where it'd be like, okay, it's a different movie now. Uh, yeah, which the- did kind of make it hard to follow at certain points, especially with the uh, camera and audio quality being of of pretty low status in the yeah. beginning. Where I will they say, are you know what? I'll give a, a saving of- Silverman in this, and this will kind of like be this tent trend setting feeling I have towards this movie. I didn't hate it. And I definitely respect his, the ability that he, the way he, or I respect the fact that he did it. You know, I respect sure. that he, he, he did it regardless. You know, he'd had a lot of like, just him riding his bike and having his friend film him. Like a lot of just sure. random stuff. He kind of he, just incorporated into I his agree. film. I, I agree with that sentiment that is, it clearly like, he was using everything he was he had trying at his really disposal. hard. He was trying really hard. It wasn't a lack of effort where this movie failed. It was just the the, the script just made like was like made no sense for so long. Like has, has, well, yeah, second half it's of a movie, movie about no a guy sense. who's having trouble making sense of life, and yeah. it in that regard, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No. Um. So again, he's he's getting married, and he doesn't really know. How like, he's not really sure of himself. He goes to a party and like he starts hearing these conspiracy theories. Like he also is into conspiracy theories a lot on the internet. Like he'll spend days watching guys talk about the pyramids and Illuminati and stuff, listening to TED Talks, strange stuff. And then one and then this happens at the beginning of the movie. One day like one night when he walks back to his apartment, he finds Anne Hathaway there, like freaking out, kick, like just screaming at him because, like, she's there to like kill him or something, kill him right? or so, yeah, because he figured it out. Like, you know, he's he did it. Like, like the secret government is out to get him. He figured out the secrets, and she just could she, for some reason she was just have she just like totally like uh uh she whiffs her job. Yeah, she, she doesn't was, kill him at all. She doesn't kill him, but she kind of just starts to vent vent with it, like vent to him, like about the whole thing, her whole situation, like. I think she her like she's not even 
later we on. We don't really get to hear what she's saying as much as we get to hear, like, whenever, I think, I think this was a device that was uh, employed a lot, is that, like, whenever the audio became to a point where it was like, well, we can't really use any of this, there would be a voiceover that would come in that is, is Dan Fogler telling this story. And yeah. it's like, all right, I got to give lot you some voiceover, some voiceover that's going to try and connect voiceover. these things. Yeah. A lot of voiceover was used. Dan Fogler <laughs> uh, trying to explain what was happening in scenes. Um, then this kind of starts off like he doesn't really does he was that real that night? He like he goes to sleep, he wakes up, he was like, was that real? Was that fake? What is is what's hap- what is reality? Kind of just breaking his mind, thinking is is something wrong? Like, and also there's these weird cartoon transitions I'm looking at. And his friend Brian, oh, yeah, he has a the co-star of the movie. I would say is his f- character named Brian, who's like kind of an enabler of his. Well, yeah, there was a point where I was questioning whether that guy was even real. Yeah, he is real, or at least for the first half of the movie. And there's also a shot they start, where he's like, they start making a movie together. They decide that they're gonna make a movie about. Prevailing yeah, inter- inter- interviewing conspiracy, conspiracy artists. They're going to yeah. interview a bunch of people. They're, they're going to make a documentary interviewing a bunch of people who believe in conspiracy theories to kind of try and find the main conspiracy. Yeah, theory, the main. Right? I think the the main th- major thread running through all of them is what he's trying to find. Right. And so they have like a montage of interviews. He interviews Jay Berenge. <laughs> Jay. Jay Bernthal, what is it? Has I, how do you say Bearshaw, Bearshaw. Jay Bernthal, John Bernthal, John Bernthal, brother. Jay Bernthal. Uh, he hit like again. He is like another cameo. Like he kind he comes in. He's like a drug dealer. To, like break. He's like kind of like, hey man, do you ever think about this? He's just trying to break his mind. And also like Dan <laughs> Fogler smokes a ton of weed throughout the whole movie. But it's always through like an apple as an apple pipe, like he like. Right. Yeah, that is his thing. That's his thing, and he does it throughout the whole movie. It's the it's the it's the metaphor, dude. <laughs> it is. It's all uh, about the it's metaphor. Kind of, I think if uh, the for me it feels like um, every every conspiracy stoner that you've ever talked to, like, what if there was a guy who just believed everything that those guys said all the time. Uh, they were lucky enough to shoot this movie during Occupy Wall Street, so they have. Oh. There's a lot of cool footage of Occupy Wall Street. Yeah, they changed it, man. They were gonna change the world. Um. Uh. <laughs> very, and, very funny stuff. Yeah, you know, just As, that was best. a that was a silly little point. In this time movie's also like, like almost you, two hours long. It's quite long. Yes, it's quite. And Jay and his, uh, God, not Jay, uh, Dan and his uh, fiance are going through it. He's trying to seek help medically, but nothing's really, no one can really figure out what's wrong with him. So he just keeps interviewing people. And it looks like he's actually interviewing these people. Like these are yeah, real I think people. That, I think that, that, that these are definitely interviews that he actually collected and then was like, well, how can I use these? Yeah, like, is are these viable? Can I use this? Mm. Um, and then like, 
again, this is like this goes on for a while, for a little bit longer, just series of interviews, editing them, and then there's a <laughs> a weird scene where he like starts talking to himself in the mirror, and he uses his girlfriend, his uh, fiance's lipstick to draw like a weird things on his face, like a little cat. Right, because that's when the prevailing theory is the is the the homo uh, superior homo homo superior something like that but like the development that some people who don't have wisdom teeth yeah are supposed to be more connected to the universe as homo superior and this is a lot of this stuff is where i was like oh man it's tough this is tough for me to follow i'm not homo superior i am this is made for this. I am but a simple man. Then he goes to the shrink, his shrink that he's been going to for a very long time, Wallace Sean, who's eating a, a bowl of vanilla wafers while he talks to his patient. Hell yeah. That's how I would do it. <laughs> I would definitely be a shrink that eats a lot of stuff while my patients are talking so that I don't have to interject and be like, nope, keep going. <laughs> Get some checks mix. Yeah, then- checks. Oh, dude, checks mix is a great therapy, uh therapy snack. So, so, I'm trying to, I'm trying to see. Okay, what is what does he learn okay. from Wallace Shawn? I don't think a lot he, of he these... just kind of like he kind of just like he kind of gets mad at Wallace Shawn for like for not helping him. A lot, a lot of the scenes are about him kind of perpetuating the ideas in his own head, and like everyone, yeah. everyone that he goes to who like would be like who he would hope would confirm them are like no, that's come on. And so he's frustrated with that. Yeah. So the next scene, another series of interviews, him using uh, tr- training, the self-defense training, learning how to use a gun. Uh, oh yeah. Then he. <laughs> then I guess the next a couple of days pass, and he him is his wife is throwing a party in their apartment. No, it's, uh, she's happened? not actually. He's hallucinating he's hallucin- some kind of satanic orgy. Yeah, he's hallucinating some satanic orgy that his fiance put together for her bachelorette party, and it's very. It is an orgy. Like she is getting like she's getting uh, she's getting fucked, and everybody's watching, and he's freaking out, and she's kind of like making fun of him. And then he pulls out a gun, and he starts waving the gun around. It's a very weird, trippy scene. Like not trippy, I would say this is the beginning of the we- like weird scenes. This is the ne- actually there's a scene that follows this that is strange, but then he like p- he puts the gun in his mouth and it turns. Like, oh my god, the scene is weird because he has the gun. He puts the gun in his mouth, and then when he puts the gun in his mouth, his wife appears like she's in her like she's about to go to bed with a face mask on. And he like all these people are around him like. He's clearly hallucinating, and that's when he. And then we get like a, a a musical scene. Remember the musical scene? Which one? The first one. I don't remember the first one. It's oh, they're all what's, Dan what's Fogler the... originals. They're like dancing. Oh by yeah, the they, pier. They're, yeah. They're like the songs that it sound like Dan Fogler is doing a yeah. blues band, right? Yeah. And that goes on for yeah, what was a happening in that scene. Remember, the, yeah. and then there's a scene where he, he's being a, he's doing like drugs with a bunch of other Dan Foglers. Oh uh, yeah. In the desert. 
then he wakes up. Oh yeah, in his little headdress. Yeah. He wakes up in some opium den, and <laughs> that's there's more weird One stuff. Of those classic that's at, like, New York City opium den. He wakes up in this weird like. Like this is obviously not real. Like this weird purgatory area. Oh right, isn't that where like all the like a lot of the people from the orgy are? Yeah, a lot of the people from the orgy, but also there's like he receives like his fortune. So he's receiving visions, and then he meets this this guy with a really fake deep voice, with a white with a white eye. He's telling he's telling him that he's like. You know the secrets. You gotta do something, man. He's trying to convince him to do something. And then Dan, wait. Then yeah, what are they trying to get him to do? I don't under. I, I don't understand because these people are then after him for the rest of the movie, but I don't understand what they want from him. All right, let's skip ahead. He gets institutionalized. He gets institutionalized, and he wakes up, and he has, like, his two, his index finger and his middle finger on his left hand. They're, they're broken, so they're in a a, a peace sign, which is on that's purpose. An, that's a fun touch, I think. That's a saving Superman right there. It's like, a, it's like, it's very, like, Tommy or, like, you know, symbolism. It's like Broadway musical symbol symbolism. Yeah, so he he is in the psych ward. This is a psych ward arc. Yeah, and, there's yeah, there's a portion of the movie in the psych ward. It's yeah. like the fourth turn in the movie. You know, we're 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 a crazy house movie, and typical stuff you know uh, happens in there. And a lot of like, I'm not crazy. Yeah, you're crazy. Yeah, and then he breaks out. He breaks out like he breaks because out of like, his friend. His documentary friend helps him break out. Break out. They actually he was. And then, they're breaking out at the same. He was planning to break him out, and they he was breaking out. Like it, it was a very serendipitous uh, meeting of the minds. There, they get in a cab, and he wakes isn't up. Isn't there a cameo? Isn't someone smoking in the closet? Who was it? Was it a cameo or was it just someone? It was just somebody. Okay. Oh, that's right. This is when when he's breaking out. Uh, Don, uh, what's the character's name? Dan. Isn't no the actor's name is Dan. I see. Oh, Warren. Warren. Warren seems to become aware of the audience watching him, uh, and doesn't like that. Uh, and this is where Topher Grace's scene comes in, where Topher Grace. Is playing Dan Fogler's mm, agent, right? Yes, he's playing his agent, and mm-hmm. he's like, oh, <laughs> "Dan's just crazy." Such a quick, he's like, yeah. Uh, "Yeah, what can I say? He wrote it. He wrote this, so no excuses." Yeah, and he was like, <laughs> eh. "I thought that was funny." He's like, yeah. "That's another. That's my third saving ceremony, I guess, would be the Topher <laughs> Grace cameo." Yeah. So Dan wakes up. He's they they take a cab to escape the uh, mental uh, facility, and he falls. Do you think asleep. the Topher Grace cameo was the last thing they filmed after like the rest of the movie was complete? And the, he's like, "Hey, the the scene where you were like aware of the audience is a little bit much. Can we um, put a little levity in there and acknowledge that this is not a very good uh, thing?" Yes, and that's why they did Topher Grace. 
They call, hey man, can you come over? We we need one more scene. We'll come to you. Tofi, Tofi. So he wakes up in the in the cab in upstate New York, the Catskill Mountains, in a cab with this uh, foreign man who's like, you gotta give me money now, dude. You know this is like a big fair. He's like, I don't have any yeah, money. Yeah, it's like three hundred bucks. Yeah, and they have a fight about it. And so he's walking around this small upstate New York town in a in a hospital gown, which is weird because you know most mental facilities. I'm pretty sure they they don't really wear hospital gowns, right? I think they just wear like scrubs or something. I don't know. It feels like robes. I don't, ro- I don't know something, but they, he's wearing scrubs like he was a patient. Yeah. Um, then he like goes to that Italian restaurant with where there's a woman who doesn't who yeah, only speaks Italian. It's a uh, two. It's like an Italian restaurant where people just, uh, it's stereotypical. Like, hey, what are you doing? You gotta get out of here. What are you doing? Hey. What are you doing with the hospital gown? What's going on here, huh? And he tells him to run off, and he runs off, and he steals clothes from a thrift store. He's like a, he's like a flasher jacket. Yeah. He's trying, the whole, (laughs) this whole time, uh, he's trying to figure out a way to get back to New York. But he runs into these two creepy homeless people who live who sleep in trees, one played by Josh Dumont, the other played by an unknown actress, but they're lovers. And they take him hey, under sure his, their homeless wing. They they're gonna teach him the ways of the homeless. They live in a little boxcar. Do they? Or they they live in trees. They're sleeping in that tree, but then there is very clearly a boxcar that they are living in later. So they teach him the ways of the homeless. They steal food out of the dumpster at the Italian restaurant. Kind of a disgusting scene, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, it's pretty gross. <laughs> it's that looked pretty like gross. that was definitely right. That was definitely the food that was just there. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> awesome. If it was. Then, Josh Dumal brought his own his own garbage pasta. I'm I, I'm I'm looking at the train cart you're mentioning. It's like a little train cart. It's not even like a real train cart. It's not like a whole train. Yeah, it's like clearly something that was built for this, but yeah. but it also looks like something that's like part of like a children's railroad thing. Yeah. I don't know. They're living in that. Yes. And then they poison him with ayahuasca. Yeah, they send him on another trip and now he we see we get the the final trip into the next evolution of what this Warren character will become he finally realizes what he is his third awakening his third awakening he somehow figures out (laughs) he somehow goes to a buffet and he starts just trying to eat the food at the buffet without paying cut for it but you know I'm not sure the buffet is going to do anything but then he runs into this creepy demon guy the the weird like other dimensional people yeah because they are they real they're definitely not real because we get clarification later on the scene that they weren't real and then his friend shows up he's in this weird bunny outfit the bunny suit right because there was a weird easter bunny who was like a monster yeah they give they also give Do you think him that was like a jab at uh at the donnie darko yeah stuff? yeah for sure uh but then his friend gives him a uh a tinfoil helmet Right for him to wear because and it will protect him from a hundred copies or five hundred copies of, of his the movie. movie yeah, and he starts trying to. He then tries. So he gets. He makes his way back to New York, right? Makes his way back to the city, and he makes a sign, a peace sign. Uh, his two fingers giving the peace sign made out of his own blood. Right. He's like spreading. He's like 
spreading his message by giving yeah. away his DVDs on the street. And then we get a montage of just Don Pay of him just walking around for a little bit, and then we get a time skip. And he's walking the yeah. streets, and he sees his ex fiance having dinner with uh, a man that she's dating, and then she has a child that looks sort of like oh, him. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot he has a kid. And then he, I think he realizes that that's his. It's kid. clearly his kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, that's his kid. And the kid recognizes him as part of him, I guess. Part of him. He's and, awake, and he gives he gives the kid his uh, wedding ring that he never really got to use. Oh yeah. And, he's, and then he gives away his last DVD, right? Gives away his last DVD. Then he walks down a street. And then we get the last musical scene. A musical number, which yeah. is also pretty weird. It's another Dan Fogler original. It's a Dan Fogler original for sure. Yeah, it's very strange. And that's it's it's very much like um, like the end of Scrooge, where they're just like put a little love in your heart. It's it's like that same kind of song where it's just like I think we could all be cool if everyone was a little bit happier. Yeah. Some shit like it's that. Like, I'm done being sad. Oh yeah, yeah. It's about mm-hmm. deciding not to be depressed I'm anymore. I'm gonna is... bring what tomorrow brings. I should play this in the at the end of the episode. <laughs> all right, I don't get sued by Damn. by Mr. Fogler. So then he has the last voiceover. He's like, the name of Don Peyote lives on. All right, yeah. There, yeah, when he does the ayahuasca trip, he becomes Don Peyote. Yeah. And that's Don Peyote. Uh, again, got to give the kid credit. He tried his darndest on it, even though it wasn't great. <laughs> the kid, his man is literally twice your age. Um... So uh, I agree that it's clear, like an honest. Uh, yeah, what like were your high points? What were your made here? What was your high point? Uh, my high was whenever I had two high points. Uh, whenever that camera quality would would bump up because uh, it was clear Dan was getting uh, good roles in movies, and I was like, oh, that's nice. I like to see that 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 he was getting work and that it was going to this. Um, and then I also have to say the Topher Grace cameo where they do acknowledge that this movie is is pretty tough to swallow um, <laughs> thematically and quality wise. I thought that was good. I thought it was good to have that in there. Uh, my low is a tie between the Anne Hathaway scene and the Satan orgy. Uh, Satan both orgy scenes unpleasant for me. Satan orgy was right. there is a lot of there is a lot of throwing up in this movie that's also i i don't <laughs> i don't love that in movies but what can i say i'm not one of these renin stimpy types <laughs> uh so yeah i eric what would make this uh what would you do to this to make it better what would i do to make it better um like or what would make this better for you specifically? I would guess what a little bit more brand? consistency on what the movie was, because there was a lot yeah. of like it kept on. I think conceptually, it, that's the whole thing yeah. of it, though. Is like it was never going to be one thing. Yeah, but I guess it just didn't. I guess he didn't really accomplish his goal with that. Well, I th- yeah. Well, I think at a certain point you just got to finish it, right? And that yeah. seems like what happened. Yeah. Uh, I think it would have been good if they had just like. It seems like at some point they were like, "Well, what if we just made a documentary about all these crazy people?" 
And then they were like, well, we can't do that. (laughs) But I wish they had just kind of done that. I was like, what if Dan Fogler goes around, just kind of interviews people who like legitimately believe in conspiracy theories and is like trying to get on their side. And I think that, I think I would have enjoyed that kind of content. I don't know. But, you know, people don't need to make shit for us. We're just a couple of dumb ding-dongs. Um, let's move on. Moving on. Never so talk long. about it again. So long, Don. Uh, so, I uh, spun a movie that I had uh, not seen before or really seen anything of before. Uh, I spun a movie called Shakes the Clown. And I'll tell you, Eric, I didn't go into this expecting to enjoy it. Uh, and the opening scene uh, played pretty pretty strongly into my inclination there. Uh, because it does open in like the aftermath of some kind of wild night of passion um, between a party clown and... Uh, Mrs. Brady from the Brady Bunch. Yes. Uh, and it does open with Mrs. Brady's child taking just a solid piss on Shakes the Clown's face. And uh, that's pretty much... That's the first solid image of the movie is <laughs> Shakes the Clown getting a child's piss in his face. And I thought to myself, like, oh, this is really setting a tone for me. That I think if it's just going to be all getting pissed in the face type stuff... Daddy's Probably not going to enjoy this movie. <laughs> Daddy's, Daddy's out. Daddy's um, out. So, happy to report that I was wrong. And this is actually a pretty fun movie. Yeah, I would be uh, a, a, a surprise here on the podcast. Yeah. Both enjoyed. Um, so, I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy talking about this movie. Uh, this is a Bobcat Goldthwait joint through and through he directs he writes he stars um he is the titular shakes the clown uh this is a movie that has been described as the citizen cane of alcoholic clown movies by betsy sherman of the boston globe and i have to agree uh so let's get into what this movie is uh basically shakes the clown is a birthday clown um he hangs out with other clowns uh they are all clowns together he has a drinking problem and it is constantly getting in the way of his success as a uh, as a as a person i would say more than as a clown um so basically from the from the kind of intro scene where he is pissed on um we see we we are of course introed to Shakes the Clown who who does look like Chris Kattan on meth, um, and he goes to his his gig for the day where he's uh, gonna be a, he's late to being a party clown for a birthday party and the dad is pissed and is is uh you know really mean to him and like <laughs> shoves hands and uh. Shakes immediately lets this guy know that he is not one of those clowns that you can push around. Uh, he like pins him to a wall and is like, let me tell you a couple things about me. <laughs> You're going to pay me up front. I'm going to do a great job. And then we're both going to go our separate ways. That kind of deal. And this guy's like, whoa, okay. 
And so it turns out he's actually a great clown. He's like great with kids. He's good at being a clown. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what definitely my high point in the movie was like the, the surprise that he is like the best clown ever. Right. I thought it was going to be like a bad Santa situation where he's like all, just like a shitty guy and a shitty clown. Um, so, yeah, he 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 wins the party over despite being late. He, he, you know, is a great clown. The kids love him. And by the end of it, even the dad is 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 like beaming at at Shakes the Clown. Um, but this is all kind of intercut with his pals who are hanging out at at my uh my first saving silverman a clown bar uh that is called the twisted balloon uh it's where all these kind of clowns come after their gigs to get sauced up and it is pretty good it is a good it is a good environment uh, just a, a bar for drunk clowns is i think a very uh good pulpy scummy thing that i like I, this movie is incredibly scummy and i love it yeah it's i love scum-bum. the scumminess of the movie um so it's yeah all these fucking they're not like they don't wash the clown makeup off before they go to the clown bar they continue to be clowns at the bar uh they're like washed up clowns and then there's you know <laughs> it's basically an opportunity to do like a whole bunch of mad magazine dirty clown jokes coming yeah. from like actual clowns who were drunk at a par. Yeah, for sure. Like the lady who like the the lady oh, the, the, old, the, the, old, the, the black lady, lady clown yeah. who says, I got the peanut butter pussy. It's <laughs> it's smooth, <laughs> it's proud, and it's easy to spread. Friend. I was like I was like, Oh, okay, that like that is actually the the tone set of the movie. Uh not so much the getting pissed in the face. Yeah. Like it is the it is the clowns making dirty jokes kind of deal, um. So I kept noticing that like, um. There's like this weird kind of mobster parody. I've been rewatching some Sopranos, and it just feels like Shakes the Clown is kind of like a Sopranos character, yeah. Because he is kind of like big man on campus, and just just like rival cl- cl- clown factions, um. And so one of the clown factions is a group of three guys, uh, and they are led by Binky the Clown, uh, who is played uh, by Tom Kenny, voice of SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, in, I think, one of his best performances I've ever seen. Uh, This is a Saving (laughs) Silverman for me because goodness no you know what he's not a saving silverman because i have so many other things i have to talk about i will just highlight that i did enjoy tom kenny as like he's a legitimately psychotic awesome like deranged clown you know he i'll give it you know what i'll give him the proper dues he is definitely my high point uh okay tom kenny is a strange wacko performance something you'll never see tom kenny do before or after no way like Never again. Never, never again. again. You'll never, never get again. this out of him again. He was He's doing clean drugs, now. He can't do this. cursing. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he was uh, he, fucking talking about how much he wants to like fuck this, rape people, rape people and like ha- kill people. Steal He's an ins- insane like psychopath. 
the other he, and he's like this the other clowns do not like him he has a gang he has like a couple of guys that work under him who are like his stooges and i don't know why they hang out with him they just like they get their binky. balls knocked around by him every so often binky the clown um yeah but he is like he's also very terrifying much like looking. a, a, a <laughs> he's terrifying um he also very much like has kind of like that that mobster persona where it's just like what are you gonna fuck with me yeah. it's like Grace, oh my I'm god big, no big i'm absolutely cow. not i'm gonna take over this city and so we we find out that binky this terrifying clown who nobody likes has been offered um the role hosting a uh the local cartoon show uh like he's he's, he's gonna next, be the host that like next in between the Right, he basically gets the Krusty the Clown job, um, and uh, so then we are also introduced to my second savoring Silverman, uh, who is Judy, uh, who is uh, dating Shakes the Clown, uh, is super cute, talks like Elmer Fudd, and also is a professional bowler. Uh, and is very so good, good at bowling. Such a good character. Oh, uh, I, I the only like beyond that, the only note I have is Judy rules. Judy is awesome. Yeah, Judy's I would the watch best. a Judy movie in a second. That's the type of lady uh, you marry. Let me tell you. Have you ever seen uh, Earth Girls Are Easy? No, I have not. Is it? Should I? Is she in that? Mm, she is in it. It's not a great movie. Um, it's very. <sighs> I don't know. I, 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 maybe she plays like the bubbly best friend, but she also has like four original songs in it because she's also like a pop star at that point. Interesting. So I don't know. If you like Judy, I would say definitely check it out because Jeez. she's very cute in that movie as well. Um, so just the biggest Judy fan in the world here. Um, so Judy is a highlight, and she's fed up with with shakes the clown because he's given her the runaround and uh, we we already know that shakes the clown in his off time is a bad dude like he he slept with uh florence henderson he slept with mrs brady and so uh her friend played by oh uh, kathy griffin uh, kathy griffin who is i think a lesbian chef who doesn't like that they they have to moonlight as as uh, waitresses at the clown bar, uh, and also just doesn't like anybody. Yeah, <laughs> uh, is encouraging her to break up with Shakes the clown. Uh, so then Shakes comes in from his long day, uh, entertaining the childrens, winning back his reputation, uh, and meets up with his two best friends. Uh, of course, the uh, the lovely Dink the Clown, played by Adam Sandler, and uh, Stenchy the Clown, played by Blake God, Clark. I forget, uh, I forgot who Adam is the, Sandler was in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blake Clark is is the the guy who plays like the coach or the coach from Waterboy, who's like, hey, why do you need your water? He's in a lot of the Sandler flicks. Like this might be where they met. I don't know. Uh, and they're they are so. Uh, Adam Sandler's kind of deal as a clown is that he is intimidated by women and uh, <laughs> it just can't seem to talk to them very well. And and, and uh, 
Stenchy the clown, who is is a clown who dresses he he dresses like a woman. He dresses in a in a uh, he wears a dress. It's it's and he has, he has big old knockers and it's funny. Um, and so they are just like the guys who are just always waiting for shakes to come around to have the good times because they like getting sauced up with shakes. But shakes seems to kind of go a little bit hard. Uh. They're always like it seems like they're always the last ones at the bar, and and they will leave shakes alone at the bar and be like, "All right, don't forget your gig tomorrow." Uh, and shakes kind of wasn't it like there was a collective gig between all three of them? Right, it was all three of them, but like they seem to kind of like they they are constantly bailing uh, bailing shakes out uh, professionally. Yeah, shakes works for. Uh, Owen Cheese, played by Paul Dooley, who is like a friend of his dad. His dad died, was a clown as well, as you could probably have guessed, uh, who died when an elephant sat on him. And he saw that happen. <laughs> so that kind of messed him up. And it's kind of hinted at that that might be a link to his link to his uh, alcoholism as as he, he's been trying to kind of deal with that. Um. Uh, oh, I have a note here that says Tom Kenny as, is Binky, the Tony Soprano of clowns. Uh, scary, very scary. Uh, yeah. What else? What else? What else? So basically, um, when when Shakes finds out that he didn't get the the cartoon host job. He's just talking like mad shit about about uh, Binky. He's like, that guy sucks. We all think he sucks. He's not funny. He's never landed a bit. How did? And I actually was wondering this. How did did Binky actually an- land that job? Because um, even if it was like, I can understand why Shakes didn't get that job, being uh, the the kind of rabid alcoholic um, who's barely making his like his gigs. Uh, why didn't like one of his friends get it? Yeah. They seem like fine clowns. Yeah, but they didn't have it, you know. That and they, they, I feel like they're the kind of guys who are friends with Shakes to a point where, like, oh, Shakes is going out for that job. I won't go for that. Yeah. There's like a solidarity of like they're gonna all just hang out at the bottom together. Um. So basically, Owen Cheese, who manages Shakes, is like, look, man, I I love you like a son, but like you keep fucking up. If you mess up one more of these gigs because you're drunk, uh, we're gonna I'm gonna stop representing you. You're done with me. And so like that's like his steady gig is like getting bookings through Owen Cheese. Um. Yeah, and so he's got to kind of deal with that, and he's kind of dealing with, like, uh, Judy, who is like, I know that you're, like, messing around on me. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm not. And he is. And it's like, it's hard to get on Shake's side because he is clearly a scumbag. Um, And so, well, 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 where do we, where do we go from here? (laughs) This is a brisk movie. This movie is only uh, 85 minutes long. Yeah. Um. All right, so. Hmm. I think what happens next is, um. Does it- he gets too drunk that night, and misses the gig with his two friends the next day, who come to get him. Who who, 
he then goes to their... Does he go there? Okay, so wait. Uh, it turns out that the he's only good at being a clown when he's a little bit drunk. Uh, drunk. Or at least that's what he thinks. That's what it seems like. Yeah. yeah, he has it in his head that he can't clown when he's sober. But what it but so what happens is he decides to um he decides to sober up because of the kind of warning of his manager Owen Cheese, and so um. When he's trying to go to gigs w- with his friends who are trying to kind of keep him dry, uh, he's going through alcohol withdrawals and and is uh, he is unable to kind of function as as a human being, much less a clown. So basically, he kind of um, he they they go to a par- a birthday party together, and he's sober and feeling sick, and he he's not he's like you know it's gross. He's like throwing up. Um, and so he basically sends the clowns and the kids to go play hide and seek and just raids the liquor cabinet and gets super drunk uh, at the birthday party and tries to and it, it, he he misses his usual um mark as a functioning alcoholic and uh fully fully goes off the deep end and is too drunk and ruins the party. Yeah. Um so basically he gets fired by Owen Cheese. And, and and he loudly gets in a fight at the twisted balloon with Owen and is like, I will fucking kill you if I fucking see you again. And then he gets too drunk at the bar. He passes out in the back. Uh, they put him in the back to kind of, to kind of dry out and they'll take him home later. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, uh, Binky, the clown is, has a drug deal going on. He's he's riding high off of the success of being the host host of this cartoon show. So he has arranged a uh, a buying of cocaine from a couple of rodeo clowns who are uh, a little more intense than regular clowns because they kind of deal with uh, a much more real pain. Yeah. Uh, and so they are selling cocaine to him. Um. But they're doing it in that same room where where Shakes is passed out, and and Owen Cheese walks in on this drug deal and sees that that Binky, the host, <laughs> doing the host is, is is doing a line of coke, <laughs> and um, kind of <laughs> reactionary, uh, Binky kills him. He beats him over the head with the with the bowling pin. <laughs> Yeah, he grabs one of those juggling pins and beats him to death, uh, and then uh, and then the two <laughs> the two cowboys are like, "Whoa, Whoa. we are out, my friend!" And they're like, "Oh, that's so weird that uh, you all witnessed this and didn't do anything." And he's basically like roping everyone that was in the room into like you're, his murder. You're just as culpable as me. Yeah, so basically he convinces all of these guys to try and pin it on Shakes, who they know is passed out and is like blackout drunk. And it's like he will wake up and think that he beat his his father manager to death uh, because and everyone at the bar can like witness that he did say he was going to do that. Uh, so that's pretty much what happens. He wakes up and thinks that he murdered. He, he thinks that he murdered his his uh, father figure, and is like on the run. And he like you know goes to Judy. Is like you gotta help me. I gotta like, um, 
you gotta hide me. Uh, and so she does hide him by enrolling him. Oh, I forgot to mention. On the way to the birthday party while they're trying to keep him dry, uh, they do see mimes in the park. And I don't know if you guys knew this, but clowns and mimes are in a constant state of war. They hate each other. Well, I think it's a one-sided um, war. I don't think the mimes really care. Yeah, the mimes, I think, are the victims of of the hate. But, like, clowns hate mimes, and they take it out on them. Uh, so that's a kind of With funny beans. bit. So that makes this part funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, when Judy enrolls enrolls Shakes in a mime class, because who would look for him? The famous clown in a mime class. Uh, we will. We'll find him there. Uh, and who else is there uh, other than uh, my third saving Silverman, okay. uh, Robin Williams, who is playing the most aggressive mime class instructor that has ever existed uh he is singled out he is singled out shakes because i think he can tell that he is a clown um and he is the only unenthusiastic mime in the class and so he has decided to make him do all the mime examples uh with him at the front and it's a pretty funny scene uh it goes on a little long but you know it's good yeah I mean, I thought um, it was a really fun cameo. Um, I thought it was a fun cameo, too. Good, it was a good um, use of Robin Williams. You know, if you only had him for like a day, that was great. So, yeah, this the the, the this movie isn't so much about a crazy person as, as much as like a cuckoo bananas person as much as it is about a loser. Although I will say that Tom Kenny's character does kind of meet the cuckoo bananas um uh standard so we can count it that way um but having not seen this i didn't know what to expect um i noticed that he didn't spend a lot of time being mad about his uh father figure being murdered when he kind of figures out he figures out um oh because uh, uh binky sends the rodeo clowns to try and kill shakes yeah because once he is dead then the story is complete um so they run him off the road um and they kidnap his girlfriend they kidnap judy or or or, uh binky kidnaps her and in a terrifying scene where he just like shows up at her house and is mad horny and making me uncomfortable um and they kidnap her kidnap. and so when he comes to um he gets his friends together and is like all right this is like hey ride or die guys this is what i need help with we're gonna go after i know i know that these guys work for binky i know that binky has like done some shit so he goes and he finds out that is he finds that judy was has been taken and then he tracks down the um the rodeo clowns and basically runs them off the road and just beats them mercilessly until they tell him (laughs) where like like that's like his solution he does just literally just like beat some folks uh with his bare hands and so he gets the information about binky and so it turns out that Binky is going to murder Judy live on the air, which is 
a pretty big elevation of his MO. Um, so they have to infiltrate the, um, it seems like he might've kicked his alcoholism yeah. at this point because he's functioning. Um, and so they have to infiltrate the show, take out the, take out the guard clowns. And then they're going to, and then he, he gets in a fight with Binky, the clown live on there. Who's throwing knives at, he's like dressed, he's dressed Judy up like a clown and like has her like in the spot where he's throwing knives at her. So basically, uh, they get shakes and Binky getting a big old fist fight on the air. The kids are loving it. Uh, they are usually pretty unenthusiastic about the the show, but they are loving the the clown on clown action. Uh, you got the Sandler clown in the mix. You got some other stuff going on. It's a big old clown yeah. ruckus. Clown mix up. Um, and and so. Judy is freed from the the rotating knife board and basically separates herself from the fight and then waits for like a moment for the clowns to separate for a second and then uses her professional bowling skills to absolutely knock the shit out of uh, Binky the clown with like a flower pot I think it was she like roll it's like a circular flower pot that she like rolls right at his head and knocks him out and so, uh, so she saves, the, she saves the day. Uh, and, and then we cut to uh, a little bit later, uh, in, in, in the future. It is, it has become Shakes the Clown's show. He is hosting it. His friends are involved. He even, uh, he even lets, uh, uh, uh the, the lady who was mean to him cook there and he even lets the the mime who was super rude to him uh come on and be a guest on the show so he's kind of getting everyone back in judy is there uh as well everyone's just kind of happy and enjoying their life as uh, as the as as the show goes on the show and goes uh, on. and uh all i gotta say is it's fun it's fun it's a good movie man it's really fun i enjoyed movie. it yeah Bowling saves the day. Bowling saves the day. How can you not be mad? At, how can you not like a movie where bowling saves the day? Come on. You gotta love it. Now, Eric, we got a little bit of extra time here, so I got a little game. One of an old favorite. I think you'll like. Okay. I'm gonna do. I've got some some trivia facts here, cold from the IMDb questionable trivia page. Uh, two of these. We're gonna do two truths and a lie. Two of these are true. One of these is not. Mm. All right. So wait till I do all three of them till you decide, all right? Okay. So, fact number one. Binky's makeup was patterned after John Wayne Gacy. Binky. Fact number two. This movie almost kept Tom Kenny from becoming the voice of SpongeBob, which nearly destroyed his friendship with Bobcat Goldthwait. Wow. Fact number three. The Iowan... <laughs> That's not a easy word to say the metal band slipknot sampled a line from this movie the line is as soon as that camera is off he's gonna fuck that little dog they sampled it what was the first one uh that binky's makeup was patterned after john wayne gacy that's the lie 
It's interesting that you would think that, but it is in fact that uh, that this movie almost kept uh, Tom Kenny from getting SpongeBob. <laughs> Nothing could keep Tom Kenny from that. I would. I would. They didn't care. I would love it. That was true. And he's been he's been childhood. He's like childhood friends with Bobcat. Really? Yeah, and they're still good buddies. I have. A, I was reading an interview that uh, someone when uh, World's Greatest Dad came out, they inter- uh, a guy interviewed Bobcat kind of about his the different movies he'd made, and so there is a section where he does talk about um, he does talk about uh, Shakes the Clown, and I don't I don't have a good Bobcat impression, so I'll just read it to you in my normal voice. So he says, "Yeah, when I watched that movie, and I'm like, what the hell were we thinking, you know?" Tom Kenny and I and Robin and a bunch of us got to see it again recently at a silent movie house in Los Angeles and it was packed and it was really weird. And I was watching my I was watching with my daughter and she's like, "Dad, you are a really bad actor." And I'm like, "Yeah, I am." And I'm not saying that to have a pity party, but I remember now. I wrote it with John Goodman in mind, and I often wonder what it would uh would it have been any different, you know, cuz he doesn't know. So he, he wrote this part for John Goodman. It's interesting. That would be interesting, but I do like I like this yeah, as a Bobcat project. I like his energy that he gave to it. And you know, his daughter doesn't know what's up. He was fine. He was not bad. I think she was pretty young when this interview was She's hating on old dad. Given. She's hating on old dad. Yeah, everyone everyone hates on old dad at, at some point. Um but yeah, I uh I can I recommend this movie. What's the high point for you? Was it Tom Kenny? Tom Kenny was the high point. The low point, I don't know. I would say, mm, I would say the low point was the scene where they go to the uh, rodeo clown bar. Oh yeah, I forgot. That's how they tracked them down. Yeah, that was my low. Point. Yeah, I think my low point is probably in the beginning where the kid pisses in his face. <laughs> I was not a fan. I was not a fan. I was like, uh, eh, no go. All right, so I think at this point we're gonna have one week left of March Madness. We, if we get another week in, maybe we'll see at the end of next week. But I, this one kind of got pushed back because of, you know, time delays and whatnot. Um, but do you uh, are you ready to spin the the wheel of madness? Spin the wheel, Colton. All right, spinning the wheel, spinning the wheel, spinning the wheel. <laughs> Eric Dominguez, this week you will be tasked with watching the movie Nothing But Trouble. Have you heard of this movie? Sounds familiar. Oh, it's an Ackroyd joint. Oh, dude. Chevy Chase, I have heard of this movie. I I have seen a lot of clips from this movie. This is the infamous Penis Nose movie. This is the Penis Nose movie. That's correct. I have always wanted to watch this, and you know what? I'm looking forward to watching it with you, buddy. All right, I, I understand that it's a uh, it's a bit of madness. Yeah, uh, my punishment will be an episode of Last Man Standing. So I'm oh. definitely getting rid of. I'm definitely gonna watch this. Okay, all right. I'm gonna spin the wheel for myself. What cuckoo bananas film will I be pulling up? Oh, this is a special treat for us both, I think. We're going to be watching uh, The Ice Cream Man. Oh, dude, is this with Clint Howard? This is the Clint Howard one. This is supposed to be really bad. Oh, yeah. 
but he's a, he plays a he plays an absolute madman, so it counts. You're, you're punished. I've not seen this, but uh, I love dumb bad horror movies. All right, your punishment so? is the Haunted Hathaways. The Haunted Hat. What is that? That is, uh, sir. This is a. This is a after your time Nickelodeon sitcom that stars the premise of the movie is that this it's a, blo- what, it's, it's a, it's a sitcom a laugh track sitcom and the oh. premise of the, mo- the of the show is this white family with it's a single mother and her two daughters move into this haunted house which is incorporated by a single black dad and his two ghost sons the dad's alive. The dad is a ghost. I'm sorry. The dad dad is also a ghost. It's a, a so three ghosts. Three ghosts. Yes. Oof. <laughs> well, saw it on this... saw it on Netflix. Uh, saw, I didn't see the show, but I saw the uh, thumbnail on Netflix, and I was like, got to put it on the list. Sounds challenging. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening, guys. Come on back next week for more madness. Do I have to talk to the clown again? Let me see if he's up. I mean, don't wake him. It's I know it's the middle of the night. He's probably... Uh-oh. Mr. Clown, do you have something? Do you want to do the outro? Thank the audience. Invite him back. Now they know. <laughs> Mr. Clown, they know that already. I just say, just say thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Clown Man. Get out of here. Were you, Get out. Were you busy? Get He's busy getting pissed on. God, he's so bad. He's so bad at his I don't job. like the clown guy. I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't know if we're going to invite him back next March. Next March, he's done, dude. He's done. Sorry. I I, I hope he's out of earshot, but I think he's he, out of a job next has, March. He he also has a massive drinking problem. The man drinks from noon It seems noon to like noon, it. He's a little off kilter. <laughs> Couldn't remember the movies we were just talking about. Yeah, we just talked about them. <laughs> Crazy. All right, well, we'll see you next week for Nothing But Trouble and Ice Cream Man. Goodbye.